welcome to I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony, and you are about to listen to part two of our two-part COVID-palooza episode on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. If you are interested in the beginning of our conversation or if you missed it last week, you can go back and listen to that conversation. Or if you just want to jump in right here, that's fine too. Our first episode was covering seasons one and two of the iconic reality show, and this episode will cover roughly seasons three, four, and five. So, without further ado, please enjoy, and we will be back on normal schedule next week with our next normal episode. Have fun! We are. We're moving through our fever disease. <laughs> yeah. Season three is really when we were, we're like peak COVID. We were just fevered on the couch. So three yeah. and four, I will say they kind of passed in a blur for me. We're sweating. We're snacking. Okay. So, so season three to me is Brandy's reign. The main drama of season three happens because Brandy says something that the Maloofs don't want her to say, that they used a surrogate for their kids. Which is not a big deal. Yeah. But the Maloofs really care about it. But they felt like it was a big deal and they didn't want people to know. I think because they their kids didn't know and I think that was a problem. Sure, yeah. And there is a conversation where they all like talk about births and Camille used a surrogate for both of her kids and she talks about that and Adrian is like yep pushed him out my bad it's just like weird like how hard she lies about it if that's the case but anyway at the time we didn't know what the drama was and I found that very frustrating but the truth is it doesn't really matter what it is it just matters that Brandy wasn't supposed to say it and that she said it and so then it's just like a lot of Brandy just sort of trying to get back in I mean she's never really they never really let her in because she just like has a potty mouth and mm-hmm. has a lot of fun sex and isn't. And she's got a bit of a mean streak. Yeah, she, she hits below yeah, the belt yes. a lot. Yes. The moment she feels threatened at all, she will say the absolute worst thing she can think of. But she also often has like the cleanest take on what is going on with everybody else. So one of our main introductions to Brandy is a game night that is thrown at maybe Dana's. I don't. I don't. It's at Dana's house. It doesn't matter. Kyle and Kim are very mean to Brandy, and they don't want to hang out with her. And it's not really clear why. They just like don't think that she's like a classy lady or whatever. And Kim is also high off her ass. And Brandy, everyone's trying to really like studiously ignore it. And Brandy doesn't want to do that. (laughs) And accuses him of doing crystal meth in the bathroom all night. (laughs) Which you were like, well, that's just ridiculous. Kim Richards is a downers girl. (laughs) Yes, she's obviously doing downers in the bathroom all night. Like, that's not what crystal meth does to you. And then Kyle and Kim pretend not to know what crystal meth is in a hilarious fashion. But so that's, that's the foot that they've gotten off on. And that's the kind of person Brandy is. It's tough to watch her target someone who's like kind of in a crisis, but then also her foot is broken and Kim hides her crutches. It's like there's really no winners out of game night so going into season three i think brandy has perhaps because she has dealt with it either personally or closely in her life before and is willing to confront things with clear eyes in a way that a lot of these women are not she can see what's going on with kim it's just interesting to watch it evolve from her calling kim out in a way that's uncomfortable to start to be the one that knows what's going to be hard for her her being kim Yeah, and sort of like be hyper aware of the dynamics that are happening between Kim and Kyle as a result of Kim's addiction and like the kinds of things 
that happen in relationships after addictions. There's a way that she's so, Brandy is so foolish, but there's also a way that she's so wise. Yeah, well, I think that we talked about it a little bit before, but Brandy is a great example of someone who is just like, in so many ways, just like an absolute disaster. But I think she is a good mom. Seems and that way. That means that she has a lot of emotional intelligence. Yes, she just, I, yes, I think she does have a lot of emotional intelligence. I just think she often uses her powers for evil because she is using that to find the most cutting thing that yeah. she could say. Yes, I think she has a lot of emotional intelligence and I think she has a terrible temper. Yes. And I think she too often frames herself as some sort of like entitled underdog. Yeah, or like a scorned woman. Yeah, and and they, which they in do, some yeah. in some ways she does have a right to that title, but yeah. not in every situation. Yeah, I mean, so her her divorce situation was pretty ugly, and the other women do exclude her in a mean girl way a lot of the time, and she complains often of like double standards that seem to apply and and I don't think she's wrong. Yeah. And that's part of what's so sympathetic and compelling about her is that she just like she's just calling things like she sees them and she's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that happens that people want to pretend isn't what it is and Brandy never never does that and it's just like really it's hard not to love her in season 3. Yeah, and I think she does if you are her friend, I think that she can be a really good friend. Yeah. I don't think she always is, but I think if she has decided that she wants to invest in a relationship, she will really do it. Yeah. We see that with Lisa. We see that later with Kim. She like really turns things around with Kim. But I feel like the the high drama of season one and season two isn't really there in seasons three and four. I mean, there's drama in seasons three and four. Yeah, season three is kind of just like watch Brandy be a bundle of fun. Watch Kim be sober enough. Yeah. And Kim and Kyle sort of try to negotiate what their relationship is. What now. that's like. And we said before, but I, I think it's worth saying now that while Kim does appear to be maintaining sobriety, to me, it does not appear that she is doing the recovery work. And I, listeners, I am the last person to endorse, to say that like AA and the fucking serenity prayer and like one day at a time, it like is the only way for everyone. I don't think that that's true. But it also does work for some people. It definitely works for some people, but I, I don't like that that's the only thing that we as a society respect as a road towards recovery. Like if somebody tells you they're in recovery and they're not doing those things, people are like, well, then you're not really doing it, are you? There's not like options. Right, there's no, in reality, there's no one road to recovery. Yeah, and it, but we act like there is, and I don't like that, and yeah. I would just like to say that. However, <laughs> I do believe that any meaningful, like whatever it looks like, if it's not 12 steps and like letters that your friends don't have to read, and if it's not exactly like that, I do think that you're still going to have to look at what you did. <laughs> yeah, Kim's not... Like, Kim's not taking accountability. Yes, yeah. There's there still has to be a, a phase of making amends. Yes, of taking stock, of looking at your relationships and thinking and examining how your addiction has impacted those relationships and listening to the people around you and reflecting on yourself. 
mm-hmm. and the ugly parts of yourself that contributed to this problem. Right. The things that made you want to self-medicate. Yeah. And the things that made you do some of the shitty things that you did while you were self. The, the things that, that the self-medication gave you permission to do. Right. It doesn't have to look any one way, but yeah. I don't think you get to skip over that part. And Kim Richards appears to be staying sober, but does not blame anyone for her problems but the people around her (laughs) yes and that's just really hard to watch and it's really hard to watch kyle support her so intrepidly and then still take shit from her yes what starts to happen in three and four that comes to a head in five is you start to really see Kim and Kyle's relationship take a turn. But at the beginning of season five, it starts. And I remember either Kim or Kyle basically being like, we're in a better place than we've been in a really long time. Like Kim's been sober for two years. She's been doing a really good job. And we have no reason to doubt that she's not. Like we haven't seen her on camera intoxicated, at least so far as we knew. She and Kyle have been trying to work through their issues. And like we talked earlier about how Kim has a very long institutional memory for slights and other people are taking her aside like there's a point where she has a conversation with Yolanda I think at the beginning of season five where she's like I can't forget the fight in the limo which at this point was four years ago yeah and Yolanda's like you don't have to but you do have to move past it yeah the only way you're going to grow in this relationship and I can tell that you want to is to put that behind you and you're not doing that I would go a step further as to say what what I would want for both of them from that is not just for Kim to put it behind her, but to question what pushed Kyle to do that. Yes. And that's not a question she's asking. It's she's, not some she in her mind, Kyle did that to, to be, mean. be mean and petulant and and like to inconvenience her, to fuck up her life. And that's just not what happened at yeah. all. And I imagine if you are Kim, it would be pretty pretty hard to come to a place where you like where you were like glad (laughs) where you like thought she did a a great job but like at least reflect that like this is someone who loves you and who has taken care of you through a lot of shit people who love you and take care of you don't just throw your shit out there like that for no reason yeah like one day because they because they have a like a rock in their shoe right like they had a relationship (laughs) They have a really, like, serious, like, sister history. And Kim just can't see her part in any of it. And it's just, like, really hard to watch. And it's really hard to watch Kyle watch and, like, ask repeatedly for what I think are very reasonable accommodations of empathy and not receive them. Yeah, and I think season five is where it takes a turn and we see Kim just lashing out at Kyle because she knows she can. Yeah. You know, there's the poker night where Kyle has barely spoken to her all night. And then Kim decides to leave early and on her way out the door is like, this is your fault. Yeah. Like, this is your fault. I blame you. I'm upset. I'm leaving. And then Brandy gets in the middle of it and it becomes a whole big thing. Yeah. But that was just a parting shot. And that was a shitty parting shot and she shouldn't have done it. Yeah. And then she continues to do that in public while in private telling her, you're the best, you're my best friend, you've always been there for me, I love you so much. And then in public being like, you're never there for me, I hate you. Yeah. And to the show's credit, they've caught both on camera and whenever that happens, they will flash to the other moment. God bless the Bravo editors. Yeah. Because like, let somebody try to say they didn't say something. Like, it is so artful Mm -hmm. the way that they will flash to the exact thing they need to flash to to make the point that they want to make. 
Yeah, and they really get Kim, like, dead to rights a bunch of times <laughs> yeah. in season five, just blatantly lying to try to make Kyle look bad. Yeah. And it all comes to a head in Amsterdam. Let's, I think we should take a pause and introduce Lisa Rinna. One of the most exciting things that happens in season five is we get Lisa Rinna, mm-hmm. who now on the show is the is the second longest running. She's an institution of her own now. Uh, yeah, so you you now you now know two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lisa Rinna's first season, she she comes in hot, man. She yeah. is ready, she is locked and loaded. She's great. She she does she does an amazing job. She is too skinny. <laughs> yes. I mean, they at the reunion they're like, "I mean, I've never seen her eat, but do, am I going to say she has an eating disorder?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "That's she fucking wild. 100% has an eating disorder, but that's neither here nor there. She comes in just like such a breath of fresh air, like another because Brandy at this point has become compromised. She has buddied up to Kim in a way that is no longer helpful. Yeah. She is now, honestly, I think that is what the word enabling is for. They throw that word around a lot. Yes. But I think that Brandy goes from being able to see Kim's needs to identifying Kim as someone who needs a person. I think I think Brandy just needs a person who needs a person. Yeah, and and gloms on to her in this like really unhealthy way and deliberately comes between her and Kyle and so a lot. Discord there in a way that's just like super unhelpful. So we as an audience who love uh somebody who's can tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've lost Brandy. Yeah. But we get Lisa Rinna. Yes. And boy, what a what a fresh pair of eyes is she. Yes. And she that I will say that does change for people who watch the show, that does change. I'm not saying Lisa Rinna has been, but in season five, that is her role. Yeah, because she comes in and after that time in the car with Kim, Kim comes in and Kim's got a lot of shit going. Yeah, her, sorry, her what ex-husband. time in the car? I, I just think we should... On the way to poker night. Yeah, okay. I just think we should be clear. So Lisa Renna, because of neighborhood LA stuff, gives Kim a ride to this poker night, and Kim is... Not herself. Yeah. She she has taken her ex-husband's pain pills that he, as someone with stage three lung cancer, is prescribed. So this is some powerful shit. Yeah, fentanyl at the very least. Yes, she and gets Lisa in. Rinna takes it like a champ, like sits yeah. in that limo and is like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Kim is clearly trying to get her eyes out of Lisa, and Lisa's just not taking the bait. No. She's just not taking the bait, not taking the bait. Cut to several episodes later. Yes. We're in Amsterdam, and Kim is just laying into Kyle in front of everybody. Oh, it's brutal. It's bad, y'all. Like, <laughs> I, I like have y'all, listeners, have you ever seen someone be like really mean to someone else in public and you have the immediate feeling of like, I should not be here for this. Like, yes. this is not for my eyes. Or like, do I need to do something? Yes, and that is what is happening. You could not write the dialogue that happens in this scene like you couldn't. for the last week, I have had in my head, I've had it with you, you beast. <laughs> yeah, we're not even talking about Eileen. She doesn't matter. Yeah, it's um, fine. But Kim does say, I've had it with you, you beast. She also just says a lot of really mean stuff to Kyle that comes directly from, I think, her that is egged on very much by Brandy. Including Kathy would have my back like a sister. You've never yeah, supported you've me. Yeah, you've never supported me. Like, oh my God, if I were Kyle... I mean, it's, by the way, it does, Kyle still pays her fucking rent. Yeah, it does. 
I mean, you 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 see that hit Kyle in a yeah. real way. Yeah. She's not like, oh, we're fighting right now. Like that stings. And it definitely has to do, it definitely has to do with Brandy and Kim having some misguided idea of what like loyalty is, like like making some show of like how Brandy is the like the one who is truly there for her. And that's part of what I'm saying about Kim and her attitude towards recovery is that it's just like you you are not entitled to a bottomless buffet of people's time and energy and emotions. Yeah. And she really thinks that she is, especially when it comes to Kyle. She thinks there is no ask too big Mm -hmm. for Kyle. And And I just think that that's like, that just sucks. That's just really hard. Yeah. And I mean, there is like a toxic family dynamic that I think is really widespread that is just like, you have to support your family unconditionally. And I don't think that is necessarily true. I, but I do think that Kyle does support Kim. I I don't think she's ever given up on her, but that doesn't, no, ha- she but that doesn't have to look like full access all the time to her time and energy and heart. And, and, and Kim doesn't see that. And I think Kyle has in her mind that her dead mom doesn't see that and that weighs on her all the time. And Kim fucking knows that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's some ugly shit. Yeah. And I think Kyle even says, all I want to do is defend you, but your behavior is indefensible. Yes. Yeah. She does say, she says something like that because she because Kim is like, you never defend me. And Kyle is like, I don't know how to defend what you're doing right now. You just like yelled at someone that they were a beast. You're antagonizing everyone at this table, including me. Like you just said some of the meanest shit that anyone's ever said to anyone. And now you're like, why don't you have my back? Yeah. Like that is addict behavior, even though I don't think at that dinner she is. I think she is sober. Yeah, I think so but too. But that is, that is a, a pattern. It is my understanding. That is the kind of pattern that addicts get into in their little minds. Yes. And not to glorify violence, but Lisa Rinna's reaction yeah, okay, is so iconic. Yeah, let's get back to Lisa Rinna. So. Uh, remember how we said Lisa Rinna was unflappable in the car? Well, Lisa Rinna is flapped. Flapped. She's quite flapped. Kim goes for Lisa Rinna and it is a mistake. Yeah. Kim goes for Lisa after going for everyone else at the table and it is a mistake. Yes. How to describe this succinctly? She goes after Harry Hamlin, Lisa's husband. Yeah. And Lisa screams, Don't ever talk about my husband, throws wine in Kim's face, then doesn't throw the wine glass at her, but spikes it into the table. Yeah, like as you say, spikes it directly into the table. Kyle bolts. They are indoors and Kyle just leaves. (laughs) God bless the editors. It just cuts to like Kyle's long hair like flapping behind her as she just like flees the scene. And she's in a shawl and it's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like some kind of like fairy tale quality to her like... Uh, like a storybook. It's like a something you would draw in a storybook. Her yeah. escape from that dinner. Yes. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that that moment from Lisa Rinna is besides the limo fight and Camille's revelation of the violence that's happening in Taylor's marriage. I would also put that moment from Lisa Rinna. I would submit that as well as like a pinnacle of the show a tent pole if you will it really is because it's like you've seen lisa be so calm the whole season yeah and not like creepy calm she's she's like bubbly and she's a soap actress like yeah and she can like get 
into it with people, but she's she'll, like, like sass people. Like she's like, that's what's fun about. She's like fun and sassy. And then yeah. all of a sudden she's like, she just fucking loses it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then later she's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I've never done that before. I hope I never do that again. And she, and she has not, she's done a lot of other fucked up shit, but she has not spiked another wine glass into the table. I think yeah. she knew she only got one of those. Yeah. And honestly, it, I don't want to say deserves because no one deserves violence and acted upon them. But like Kim was asking for a violent reaction from someone. Yes. Yes, in the way that Taylor wanted someone to say what was happening, Kim wanted someone to blow up at her in a way that she could feel a victim about. That's yes. what she was provoking. Yes, and that's a good way to put should, it. Should it have been that way? No, like, is that how you should respond to someone who's doing that? No. Not necessarily. Asking for it makes it sound like it's okay to give it but she was asking for something she was asking for some kind of reaction she literally tried every single person at the table yeah except for yolanda i think because she knew she wasn't gonna get anything out yeah, of yolanda she has kim has a weird thing with yolanda should we talk about yolanda i totally forgot yolanda was even on this show should we talk about the story of yolanda just ever so briefly it's short she turns up and she's like i'm very calm and dutch and then she has way too many lemons <laughs> she does have too many <laughs> and lemons. a clear fridge and i just like i guess the main thing that i would like to say about her is that i didn't i've watched this series two times before and this was the first time that like from the moment Yolanda appeared on screen I was like I hate her and I don't know why I didn't know that before because she's so even keeled but I hate her and everything that she stands for and I think she's one of the most dangerous and despicable housewives that has ever been on the franchise wow maybe that's not fair because I did because it doesn't always manifest amongst the other housewives and that's like sort of inherently what we're talking about Mm -hmm. But like the way she treats her children and the, the way her like societal beliefs. <laughs> like, She's got a like, lot of weird rules. The way the way the yes rules and and just like morality like she believes that following these rules makes you it's like Scientology shit. But mm -hmm. she's not a Scientologist but it's like she might as well be. Right. It's like she really believes that if you eat only lemons for 10 days you are a better person. You are not just a skinnier person. You are a better person than someone who didn't do that. And I just think that's so gross. And the way that she put her daughters, obviously now are the most successful models in the world. And so like- Because her daughters are Gigi and Bella Hadid. Good for them. But like early on these seasons, they're still in high school. And like the way she puts food stuff on them is so upsetting to watch and so like explicit. And like Lisa Rinna, I, I believe has also really done a number on her kids food wise, but she at least has the decency to like be embarrassed that she's doing it and try to hide it and disguise it as something else. Yolanda is like completely happy to be like, yeah, isn't it better to starve? Cause then you look so good in pictures. Like yeah. Gigi calls from the horse. Yeah. From she, the horses. The stables. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I don't think I should ride. I feel super lightheaded. And Yolanda is like, you can have two more almonds, chew them really slowly and then get on that fucking horse. Cause that's what we pay for. I mean, she doesn't say it exactly like that, but that's what she says. Like a mom who would give her kid these food issues is one thing, but to tell a child who has said, I don't feel well, to get on a horse, like a galloping horse, like a competitive. Yeah. Like she's not, it's not like for fun. She like does this as like a sport. So the, yeah. her, this horse is going to like jump over stuff. Like people die, people break their necks. Mm -hmm. And the way she talks about her house and like housekeeping and being a wife and being a hostess, just like everything she has to say 
about what those roles mean to her are antithetical to what I think they should be. I just hate her and I think she's full of crap ass ideology. Yeah, all of that is true. And yet what makes this show interesting and what makes even someone like Yolanda so interesting is she will then turn around and in the next second be like, but Gigi and Bella's success is all their own. Look at yes. how good a job my daughters did. I am so proud of yes, that. Yes, her pride in them is is nice to watch. And there are times when she is the one, they kind of all pass the baton of who's handling Kim right in a moment. There are times where she is the one who has the most compassion and sort of knows what Kim needs and, and can be patient. And she does encourage Kim to starve herself as she does with everyone. And that's... That's not Although great. that even that drops off as she gets sicker. I think because you mentioned you think is her doctors told her to stop. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you had a patient who was fighting a chronic disease and they were like, oh, and also sometimes I only eat lemons for 10 days. That can't be medical. Yeah. Advice. Yeah. Like, please eat. Yeah. Just her clear fridge. Like the fact that she's like, I want everyone to see. How little food is in my How little fridge. food is in my house and what food is it? Like how this like moralizing of food and wealth and displays of wealth. But it's, as you say, what's exciting about the show is that she is still sometimes, she's Dutch and she doesn't give a shit about like some American like foibles. Yeah. And that's like, like sometimes. Cunilingus? What is that? Some sort of flower? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes like she says goofy shit or she says or sometimes she says the right thing about the situation or sometimes she is the friend that someone needs. You know, everybody has their redeeming qualities, but I just that's what I have to say on the topic of Yolanda. Yeah, she's a, she's an interesting person to be in the middle of that fight or any fight, really, because she is so even keeled. So we have been going for two hours. <laughs> Listen, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but we have not really talked about Lisa Vanderpump. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> oh man it would be absolutely irresponsible i mean we can try to do it succinctly fuck you can't leave out lisa vanderpump she's on the mount rushmore of housewives yes um, but bethany just a sign yeah oh god she's got her bald dog and her old husband and her daughter with the weird name and everything is pink pandy pandy okay my favorite moment of her in the first five seasons is in the season two reunion Mm -hmm. where adrian accuses her of planting a story about something and she just absolutely like spanks her off off the stage she's like i would never do that and i think that is such a fucking and she never swears she's like that is such a fucking insult and how dare you say that to me and she just like sets it down so hard And I really think that we, because I now believe that Lisa Vanderpump does manipulate things, whether she planted that exact thing or any exact thing, like who the fuck knows, but I think she keeps her hands pretty clean. But it it has become clear over the seasons that she is manipulating things behind the scenes a lot. And the fact that she so like roundly smacked that down the first time it came up, I think really bought her some time. I think it really colored her image as rather above it all Mm -hmm. for several seasons to come yeah i mean the fact that by what was it by season three she had her own spinoff show yeah about her restaurant a spinoff show that is still going yeah yeah she's just become such an institution and i think through all of these baroque fights that we've talked about the common thread throughout them all is between the fights lisa will sit down with 
one of the yes. parties. And Lisa's never in the fight. Yeah, and she'll move one of them a little bit. Although there is that moment in season four where she gets a little... Season four is where she takes it a little too far. She gets a little too obvious. People call her out on it and some friendships are lost. Yes. But there's that moment with Carlton where she's definitely stirring the pot with Carlton and they're at Gigi's going away party and Yolanda overhears it and comes over and is like, no, you're not. Nope. Do this, whatever this is, another day. Yeah. And Lisa, to her credit, is like, you know what? You are right. Yes, because Lisa knows when to push yes. and when not to push. And that is really the art of Lisa Vanderpump. And I'm excited for you to see how her journey goes on because her departure was quite momentous for me. We're a ways away from that. Yeah. But it was like, it was a redwood falling mm-hmm. <laughs> when she left the show. It was major stuff. Mm-hmm. Although the impact on the show, I think, was far less. It was a bigger moment than either of Bethany's departures. Yeah. We didn't talk about season four at all, but season four is this is this weird blip that happens in the middle of the show that has nothing to do with the rest of the show. Yeah. Where they bring in this like real wacky woman named Carlton who is probably molesting her nannies. I don't know. I don't even oh, know. Oh, she is. <laughs> I don't even know. And like, I, I don't say that because I'm like, oh, I watched the, like there was a civil lawsuit. I, the, she, yes. she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like I don't even know what is worth saying about her it's just funny to me that that happened in the middle of the show like this this whole like well-told like game of thrones style like like yarn that we've just spun for you like by the way in the middle of it yeah there is (laughs) there's just like a a chaos gnome that gets like thrown in and just like talks a lot about witchcraft but then gets mad when other people talk about witchcraft and then like maybe hexes somebody's husband but like then gets lives in a house fucking full of crosses and gets mad when people ask her if she's catholic yeah she says things like her son is two and he has these nannies and she says things like i just want him and she has this like vaguely british accent she's like i just want him to be around beautiful women and lisa vanderpump is like do we sound the same and all the americans are like yes and lisa vanderpump is like fuck like Lisa Vanderpump hates it and I know that there's like some really complex like class shit going on class shit yeah 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 because Carlton's from the Channel Islands but I think the most succinct way to describe season four is the big drama of season four arises because Carlton has a dream that Kyle is talking behind her back yes a a dream a dream that that Kyle is very seriously yes And she believes that to be confirmation of a gut feeling that she had, that Kyle was talking behind her back, and she runs with it. Yeah. And everyone else is like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And also, there's another random cast member who does not continue on, who is only there for that season, which I think just adds to the, like, randomness of that season. Yeah. Named Joyce, and her, she's, like, fine, but her main function is to expose the other women's racism, which is just a tragic reality of where the show was at that time. And I'm glad that the show is trying harder now. Yeah. There are a lot of microaggressions that happen that Joyce makes an attempt to call out and it doesn't go well. Like all the white people kind of get together and are like, that's not real. That's in your mind. You're like, you're blowing this out of proportion. Like the shit that white people do. And the show kind of allows that narrative to go forward. And I feel that now as they're adding more people of color to the cast, 
I don't think that that would happen in the same. In fact, it has not. Like there, there have been similar conversations, and they have not gone that way. Yeah, and so that's nice. It's like they they had a chance to do it a lot sooner and get ahead of the curve, and they they beat it. it. Yeah, and that's too bad for them. But it's you know at least now. Yeah. So let me ask. Who is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for? Okay, who who is it for? I mean, I, you know, anyone who likes a good time. Ari doesn't like it because the women talk over each other a lot. And I understand, that's my understanding of what turns her off about it. It's hard for her to process that kind of conversation. And also, especially when it is tense, when there, when, when there is tense emotion and also, not all the words can be understood. Well, I can understand all of them, but I have ADHD. Yeah, same. I mean, I have ADHD, and I'm fairly certain I have a problem with processing. You're an audio learner, but I feel like I have some sort of audio processing problem. And my tack with the housewives is like, if it's important, they'll tell me again. And I think that is absolutely true. I think I think Ari finds the there. There's just it's some. It's sometimes a little like overwhelmed. There's just yeah. a lot of voices happening at once, and there are a lot of feelings in the voices happening at once, and it, that can be overwhelming. And I think she does it. She does like Potomac. We've gotten her on board with Potomac. Mm-hmm. I think partly because some of the housewives are our age. Yeah. And she. Has invested in them and relates to them, but Beverly Hills has not caught her. But that's that's just one person. It's not for is if 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 that kind of thing really stresses you out. And I do understand that. And I I do understand that. Yeah, and that's not to say they don't fight on Potomac because they they fucking fight on Potomac. Yeah, I don't know how she. I think if you can really like get on board with the characters, like one like once you have a couple that you really like care about, mm-hmm. then I think it's I think maybe it's easier to tolerate them. And the LA cast has just not caught her eye for some reason. But I, I if somebody is like, well, housewives, like I don't really have any respect for that opinion. But if somebody is like, I have tried to watch it and it stresses me out when they yell at each other, like I can hear that and respect that. That's it's not it's not for everyone. And they I think they don't spend as much time yelling as I think if you don't watch the housewives I think you think they are yelling at each other much more of the time than they actually are yeah just because like those are the scenes that get famous and Mm -hmm. it's just the reputation that the show has but you know a lot of major plot points can happen in those chaotic moments and if that's not something you can tune your brain into yeah. But who is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for? I don't know. I have felt since it aired, I have felt that the second season is like a really important PSA <laughs> mm-hmm. and like a really like gripping, dramatic, I feel like Eugene O'Neill like wishes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's it's fucking real, dude. I know people are like, ah, you can't write this stuff all the time. But like, truly, if you wrote season two of The Real Housewives and presented it to someone exactly as it played out, yeah. they would be like, these people are too extreme. Like, there is no way that anyone is this much of a monster to yeah. their life. There is yeah. no way that this other stuff is happening at the same time. Yeah. It's like, no, it is. No, it's it, all happening. It It's all happening. Brandy's on crutches. Taylor's getting beaten. Kim's yeah. an addict. It's yeah. all happening. Yeah. Exactly. This woman has $25,000 sunglasses. Yes, that's also happening. And says her baby speaks Thai. Yes. <laughs> Porsche yep. has a black belt. Porsche has a black belt. Oh, it's the funniest Kyle has ever been. That's not true. I love when Kyle does impressions. That's another thing that I think I really like about Kyle is I think she's like a real like showbiz girl. And I think she really like could have had like a in another life. I think she could have had like a like a really fun like. 70s variety show yeah well who do you think it's for 
Who do I think it's for? Yeah. I think it is for anyone who is willing to explore the idea that television need not be scripted to be fascinating and need not be competitive to be compelling. Mm, yes. Because I think my, I my block going into it was like, so I'm just watching these people? Like, it was my first right, yeah, lifestyle it's Survivor. Show. Right, exactly. Like Survivor, Drag Race. Like I understood what that was because I was like, okay, it's a competition show. Somebody's going to win, someone's going to lose. Yeah. But you need to have strong personalities. And I do think that what you're talking about before, the producerial eye of the women actually makes this franchise interesting because they know what makes good television. Yeah. Like the most recent season of Potomac, to just compare, I didn't even watch all of because I just felt like it was kind of repetitive and I thought the fights were boring. Yeah. But I have never felt bored watching LA because they all have an idea of what's going to be good to talk about on camera. I feel that way too. And there, there, there's controversy. Like some, some people say that LA does get boring. We're about to come up on some seasons that people said at the time were boring because the cast was doing too much to manage because nobody wanted to be the villain, basically, because everybody was too aware of, like, what the stories would be. Right. And um, honestly, I think Housewives works better when there isn't a villain. Because yes, so yes. often... and Kyle has said that, too. When people come at her about, like, Beverly Hills is boring because, like, you all think too hard about it, she'll be like, but our ratings don't say so. Like, people like watching us almost get along. People like watching us have, like, these, like, little, like, dumb... Well, so many of their fights are, like, in service of trying to coexist. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. And sometimes it can be frustrating, and sometimes you're like, oh, my God, just, like, be more mature in the way that you are talking to other people you are 50 years old. Yeah. But I think think that when there are villains in housewife seasons especially now you see them just isolate right like mary cosby on salt lake city as soon as she yes. knew in season one that yeah. people didn't want her around she just like didn't hang out with anyone for half a season yeah that's not interesting yeah. to watch and that's kind of how season one was that we didn't what with Camille that we didn't watch all of for that reason because it's just not that interesting to watch everybody just be like annoyed with Camille for right exactly that only takes you so far but it's more interesting to watch someone be like I care about this person enough that I'm gonna give them another shot yeah for sure and you're like oh once bitten twice shy like you are gonna get hurt again and they're like probably but she's my sister yeah so is it in the curriculum so I think the way we have constructed this curriculum is not particularly friendly to five seasons of reality television. Right, we haven't However, really done TV, but I would say that if there's anything that is a curriculum of my life, it is The Real Housewives Yeah, I was, I was going to say, is there a world in which I would put it in something that I cared about very much and would require it? Yes, in the same way that I don't think this curriculum is very friendly to Drag Race, but if you were like, is Drag Race in your curriculum? I'd be like, yes, any day. If I were to get a PhD in something, it would be Housewives. And and I really might. Yeah. (laughs) I probably won't because PhDs are too hard. But like the you way you could, yeah, like the way my life is, like it's it's not a completely idle threat, and that is like that is what it would be about. And just know, just be assured that there is enough there. If it's something that you're that you're thinking about embarking on, there's there's a lot there. 
Yeah. But it's also not too much for you to catch up on now. You got loads of time. Yeah, exactly. And you can you stretch. You can get COVID. You can get COVID. You can also stretch it out. You can do it. We're doing sort of a, a franchise at a time. I'm, I'm going to decide where to try to direct your attention next. But we've got a lot more Beverly Hills to go. Well, next season, we have the arrival of Erica Jane. Yes, which I'm, I'm really excited. excited for because you've seen her at her lowest. Yes, I have. <laughs> I want you to get to see how we came to know her and why it is so shocking to see her as she is now. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media? Oh, me? Yes, you. <laughs> is that something we do now? It's um, something we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, but I don't really have, okay. I'm on TikTok at trash analysis. That's yeah. really my, I don't have, I don't have the other ones, but I'm on TikTok at trash analysis. If you scroll, I do talk about housewives a lot. I haven't been lately. I've been talking about other stuff or just having COVID. So yeah. And I am on TikTok and Twitter at Anxious Archfey, and the show is on Twitter at Sophisticate Pod, so you can find us there. I think that probably about does it for this episode. I, yeah, I, of, I should say I am so. a housewife, and so can you. Yeah. Someday. God, I want it. I think I... Can I? Yeah. I think I'd be great. I think you would be, too. Okay, so stay tuned in, like, 10, 15 years. I will be a cast member on... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think I have Andy. I think I have. I think I have all the qualities that you would look for. I co-sign this. <laughs> so yeah, just let me know. But it's probably not quite yet. But let me know. Yeah, and until next time, everyone. Good night and good luck.